now, time for seafood news. Welcome back to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News staff writer Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This week's episode is brought to you by Erna Barry's Reporter, the quarterly news magazine for the food industry professional packed with the latest industry headlines, analysis, and trending articles. Contact Advertise at ErnaBerry.com to be a featured sponsor in the spring edition of The Reporter, which is distributed to thousands of protein industry professionals, including a 5,500 bonus distribution to attendees at the Seafood Expo North America in Boston. Make sure you are in front of your customers. You know, our winter edition just went to press today, and I copy-edited the issue, so let me just say... Nice job. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> that's that's actually what I wanted to say. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, I just want to say it's a really good issue, you know? So this one is going to be headed to National Fishery Institute's Global Seafood Market Conference in January, right? GSMC, baby, that's right. And uh, we're sending this bad boy all the way to the Los Coronado Bay Resort in San Diego, California. That's, that's where GSMC is. Nice. And you want to know what's going to be in the issue? Hit me with it. (laughs) Oh, you have too much fun here. (laughs) All right. Well, seafood-related stories. We've got an analysis piece from market reporter Janice Schreiber on Russian king crab prices at a record high, a recap of NFI's political conference, a look back at NFI's 2018 future leaders class, and a story on a new new aquaculture video game, which is crazy, but a ton more besides that. Wow, that sounds like an awesome issue. You know, it it really is, and and not just because I've been, like, reading it nonstop (laughs) and I want everyone else to read it, but we just have such, like, a really, you know, wide group of people with different, like, like, writing styles and different interests, and, uh, you know, it's really good. But uh, do you actually want to really know what the best part is? Yes, tell me. Your story, on Gacias, made the front cover. No way. Yes, it's true. I remember you saying that it was a contender, <laughs> but I swear I saw um, like a proof copy on your desk and I thought I saw a turkey article on the front. Oh, wait. So wait. I was a little upset about it. <laughs> wait, we dropped it from the front cover. <laughs> See? I told you. <laughs> story on the front cover i'm so sorry it initially was it initially was on the front cover and then we cut it so do you want to know what the best part is i'm not finishing this podcast i'm so sorry (laughs) all right well anyway be sure to get your issue lauren's story is right inside don't run anymore you don't have to run to the newsstands Lauren's it's not going to be right that good. Inside. It's worth opening up the issue to get in there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot that there was some moving around. All right. Anyway, the issue, just as a reminder, it's free to subscribe to, and it'll be mailed out later this month. So if you don't get issues mailed to you and you are interested in getting issues mailed to you, um, just visit earnerberry.com slash reporter to subscribe. Or whatever. You can get your copy at GSMC this January. I really am sorry. <laughs> I like completely, I like could have sworn. Anyway. Yeah. Let's move on to the news because this is getting awkward yeah, real fast. Yeah, let's move on. How about it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Center for Biological Diversity is suing the Trump administration for refusing to recognize that ocean acidification caused by fossil fuel pollution is impairing the quality of Oregon's coastal waters. The lawsuit, filed in federal court in Portland, claims the Environmental Protection Agency is violating the Clean Water Act by failing to identify waters impaired by ocean acidification. That would allow these waters to be subject to pollution controls and other protective measures. 
shellfish and other marine life are being harmed as the uh, Pacific Ocean absorbs carbon dioxide emissions and becomes more acidic, a condition climate scientists expect to worsen steadily, according to a press release from the uh, Center for Biological Diversity. Emily Jeffers, an attorney for the center, said in a statement that ocean acidification is wreaking havoc on Oregon's coastal waters while the Trump administration ignores the dire threat created by our fossil fuel addiction. This pollution is already harming Oregon's uh, oysters and plankton that whales and salmon depend on. We can protect water quality and coastal communities, but only if federal officials address acidification before it gets worse. So we'll keep you updated on the story as it unfolds. But moving along... Aquabounty Technologies has appointed Sylvia Wolf as their new CEO and executive director. Wolf is currently a senior vice president with U.S. Foods and has been a president of the company's manufacturing division since 2011. She'll be replacing Aquabounty's current CEO, Dr. Ronald Stodish. However, Dr. Stodish will remain with the company as an executive director and will be responsible for research and regulatory affairs. Congratulations to Sylvia Wolf. Yay. I know we need that... um Sound clipping. Yeah, yeah. We still haven't figured out what we're going to do. No, not yet. Congratulations to you. (laughs) All right. Anyway. We'll work on it. Yeah. We keep saying we'll work on it. I know. We need to dedicate a day to sound clips. Yeah, we're we're working on it. (laughs) In other news, according to the Southern Shrimp Alliance, the October 2018 commercial shrimp harvest in the Gulf of Mexico was the lowest reported for any October. The 16-year historical average for October landings is 14.8 million pounds. This past October, only 10.4 million pounds were harvested, which is a 30% drop from the historical average. According to the report, low volumes were driven by a lack of reporting of any shrimp landings from the west coast of Florida. In addition, only 3.6 million pounds of shrimp were reported in Louisiana. Uh, For comparison here, the 16-year historical average for Louisiana landings is 7.7 million pounds. And a total of 83.5 million pounds of shrimp have been landed in the Gulf of Mexico so far this year. And in 2017, a total of 84.8 million pounds were landed in the first 10 months. So just to give you a comparison there. Right. Thanks, Amanda. Now we've got some Carlos Rafael news. Well, sort of. Carlos Rafael. I really love our Carlos Rafael. I do jingle. too. <laughs> it makes me look forward to reading news about him. I mean, it's like terrible news, but I know. But at know. least it like pumps it up a little bit. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, uh, Thomas D. Simpson, a former New Bedford fishing boat captain, was sentenced in federal court in Boston last week for interfering with a Coast Guard inspection back in 2014. Throwback. And this is where the Codfather comes into play. Simpson was the captain of Raphael's fishing vessel, the Bulldog. According to the report, the Bulldog was fishing off the coast of Massachusetts on May 31st, 2014, when the U.S. Coast Guard boarded the vessel for a routine inspection. Simpson was ordered to haul in the fishing net for inspection, but ultimately let out more cable until the net became detached from the Bulldog and sank. U.S. Attorney Andrew Lelling said in in a Department of Justice news release that Simpson's conduct was not only careless but dangerous. Lelling said that when Simpson ordered the ship's nets cut loose, rather than simply reeled in, the steel cable securing the net swung violently across the boat, endangering not only the Coast Guard boarding team, but Simpson's own crew. Wow. A salvage company was required to retrieve the net, which cost approximately $15,000. Yikes. Uh, An inspection of the net revealed three separate layers of netting, which is a commercial fishing regulation violation. This past August, Simpson pleaded guilty to one count of destruction or removal of property subject to seizure and inspection. He was sentenced to two years of probation with four months to be served in home confinement with electronic monitoring and ordered to pay a $15,000 fine. Wow. 
Uh, moving on to some fun news, seafood is not just for eating. Uh, researchers at McGill discovered that they can make biodegradable plastic from the hard shell of lobsters, shrimp, crabs, and even beetles. Mm. Yeah. So by processing these hard shells, the researchers discover that they can make a durable plastic that if it, you know, ultimately ends up in the environment because all of us humans are just terrible at polluting, right. um, it won't pollute because it's biodegradable. That's awesome. Yeah. So they can make things like stitches or potentially even cutlery or food packaging, which is pretty cool. Right. It's it's really amazing because those shells are something that would otherwise be disposed of. Yeah. Just like fish skin. So while researchers are figuring out how to turn shellfish shells into plastic, a company in Iceland called Codland is turning cod skin into collagen powder. And then, of course, there is Caresis, the creator, manufacturer, and patent holder of Fishkin Therapeutic Products. They're the company that's using Fishkin to aid in healing wounds. So researchers from MedStar Washington Hospital Center and MedStar Health Research Institute are teaming up with Caresis to, or Caresis, I'm not actually really sure, but oh. we're going to say Caresis. And I think you're right. Um, to conduct trials to see if their omega-3 fish skin can treat third-degree burn wounds. So the company's fish skin, when grafted onto damaged human tissue, can actually help heal wounds thanks to the presence of omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids. And right now, their omega-3 burn is currently cleared by the FDA to treat second-degree burn wounds. However, an investigational device exemption trial is being conducted to see if the product can um, treat third-degree burn wounds. And a small number of patients will be enrolled in the trial. And if the results are favorable, a second larger trial will be conducted to collect data for a regulatory submission for third-degree burns approval under the FDA's pre-market approval regulatory mechanism. That's a mouthful, but that that's is. pretty interesting. I mean, I mean, I know we talked about, like... With the bears. Yes, I love the yes. bears. And it's just, it's just pretty cool that, like, if, if this trial works, I mean, that's another... It's like, it seems like it's, uh, you know, another great option. I right. mean, burns are pretty serious. Um, so yeah, that's all, it's all amazing. And not only is consuming seafood good for your body, but apparently it can help save the environment and heal wounds. The power of seafood. The power of seafood. <laughs> we got to also make that, that into a clip. <laughs> <laughs> I was really feeling it. Like my arms threw up in the air. And anyway, well, that wraps up our show for the week. I, I'm going to have to leave so Lauren can beat me senseless for accidentally yeah, telling my her tears stories. Away. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, once again, this week's episode was brought to you by Erner Barry's Reporter, the quarterly news magazine for the in- industry professional, featuring Lauren's fantastic Pangasia story right in the center of the issue. In the, yeah. It can at least be the centerfold. It might be. I'm not going to make any promises. I got to go look at the issue again. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, we'll just end it there. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>